Welcome to Transparency with Diana B, a podcast from wealthmanagement.com focused on advisors' personal well-being and healing. In this podcast, we explore some of the deepest struggles and hardships that many advisors face and bring these issues out into the open so that others may find healing. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to overcome the stresses and anxieties as Diana draws from years of expertise and guest experts to manage the personal challenges of advisors. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Transparency with Diana B, a podcast by WealthManagement.com. My name is Diana Britton, and I'm the managing editor of WealthManagement.com. For those of you who are new to the podcast, each episode focuses on a personal development issue facing financial advisors and financial services professionals. Guests join me to talk about their own experiences dealing with a struggle. This episode is going to be a little bit different today. I've got three women joining me today. Shana Sissel, she's the chief investment officer of Spotlight Asset Group, a Chicago-based RIA. She has a five-year-old boy. Christine Picaro, She's the co-founder and president of Lexington Wealth Management in Lexington, Massachusetts. She has two teenage girls and Blair Ducanet, an advisor at Ritholtz Wealth Management in New Orleans, who has a three-year-old boy and a newborn girl. So thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to discuss an issue facing parents across the country right now, and that's working from home with kids because a lot of folks are sheltering in place with the coronavirus, uh, myself being one of them. I've got two kids at home, a a four-year-old who's almost five, four-year-old boy, and uh, my daughter's almost two. So I'm in the thick of it. And I just want to start by saying, and I think I speak for all the women here, we all love our kids. Um, (laughs) We all have those moments throughout our days where we get a hug or a kiss, some kind of affection, satisfaction, a smile. But at the same time, this is going to be a safe place to complain about them. Um, We work, you know, we're working mothers, we wear many hats. And to be able to work full time during this time of quarantine while taking care of our kids, acting as teacher to them with schools closed, cooking, cleaning, it's extremely difficult and taxing on us. you know, let's, it sucks. Let's be honest. You know, you feel like you're working three shifts in one day sometimes. And another thing I wanted to say is before we start, there's no judgment here. I'm not a Pinterest mom. I don't apologize for that. My kids watch way more TV and iPad than I would like. You know, I, we often give into their temper tantrums. Um, I always say, I always say my four-year-old son could negotiate with terrorists, but we are all doing the best job we can. We're taking it one day at a time. So I don't judge. um, So you ladies know, Uh, I hope listeners don't either, but let's start with um, just what has been your experience working from home and taking care of your kids? Uh, You know, Shana, maybe let's start with you. Well, for me, it's been difficult. My son is a high energy kid. He's very active. We live in an apartment. It's on the sixth floor of our building. We have a roof deck, which sounds great. When we first moved in here, we were all excited. Whoa, look, we have such a great view of Chicago. You realize really quick that your kid can't go out there and throw a Frisbee or play baseball. 
because you lose your baseball or Frisbee pretty quickly. Uh, so it's been tough. Um, my son's really attached to me and he wants to be around me at all times. My husband's extremely helpful, but if given the choice between the two of us, my son will come to me for everything. And trying to get work done is difficult to say the least. And I started Spotlight at the beginning of April, which corresponds great with uh, the lockdown here in Illinois. So it's been extraordinarily difficult and I have given in to the one thing I swore I would never do, which is let him use his screen as much as he wants. But the screen is really the one thing that will occupy his time so my husband and I can get work done for a couple hours before he gets antsy again. And so I have given in just to be able to do work. And I feel horrible about it. Absolutely horrible about it. But I can't do anything else with him. We can't go outside. All the parks are closed. They've really, really, really um, made it difficult for people to go outside for any other reason other than just to walk around the block. I'm sure you've all seen the mayor of Chicago get on TV and talk about how they will arrest and ticket people. Uh, even if you are doing appropriate social distancing, if they feel there's too many people at a park or at a ice cream shop or whatever. So it's been really, really tough and mm. this can't end soon enough. Yeah. Uh, I know I sound pretty laissez-faire mm -hmm. about it. Uh, it's not that I think or want people to get sick and potentially die of the virus, but this is not how you live. And I've survived two terrorist attacks. I've gone through trauma therapy. And the one thing I took away from that is you are better off going outside and living your life mm. than locking yourself inside afraid of dying. Yeah. Wow. Christine, I know you have, your kids are a little bit older, but what are you experiencing right now? Thanks, Diane. And Shana, I can definitely relate a bit um, with the screen time and the, you know, I have teenage girls, so the Snapchatting and the TikToking and everything else that, you know, I always swore that I wasn't going to let my girls do and get sucked into the drama. Well, <laughs> that's just gone out the window. Um you know, we've stuck, luckily my girls, you know, can, can do their own schoolwork and, um, and be a bit structured. So thankfully I don't have the, I don't have the, the, the major interruptions. I think that maybe some of you folks do with the younger kids, but it's kind of a different, you know, it's almost, it's different here. The struggle in my family is that, um, you know, their girls, their emotional, they can be, you know, needing social interaction and conversations. And, um, you know, I'm giving so much all day long to my client base and my team. And I'm finding it really hard not to, you know, not to just like be done at the end of the day and, and making sure that I'm finding time for them. That's been my biggest challenge, um, carving out time where I can just sit with them or, take a walk. We're, um, we're about 30 miles north of Boston, but we're actually in the state of New Hampshire. So luckily we can get outside pretty often and walk around. It's pretty open and spread out, but I'm, I'm struggling with that, you know, okay, it's time to shut down work and it's time to get up and go, you know, spend some time with my girls and take a walk with them and talk to them and 
talk about how they're feeling and, and what they're, you know, stressed out about. And it, it's hard, you know, I think sometimes when we hear our kids say, I'm stressed, I want to kind of slough it off and say, stressed, you know, what are you stressed about? You've got, you, you've got it great. You know, you're, you're still, you're still talking to your friends on social media and you've got this big yard to go out and play and ride a bike. And you know, what's so bad about this quarantining, but then I have to stop myself and say, time out. They're, they're talking. You got to listen. You got to give them the time. Um, that's, that's been the biggest thing for me. That's been really, really tough. Yeah. Blair, I know you have a newborn um, and that brings its own challenges. Lack of sleep. I know you're breastfeeding. What are you going through right now? Yeah, my baby was born on February 4th and the plan was to take it very easy for a while (laughs) and slowly start talking to clients, you know, after a month or so, but not, you know, talk to any new, new inquiries coming into the firm. Um, maybe blog a little bit while my baby was napping and my son was at daycare and very early um, we had a break at school, a one week break for Mardi Gras. And I experienced that challenge of having the baby and my son at home and I couldn't work at all that week. That was the the week that the market started selling off by the way. Um, And so as we became to realize that New Orleans was going to be an area with problem with the coronavirus. I remember um, leaving the last in-person meeting with others saying, I hope they don't close down daycares. And another woman looking at me and saying, oh, you're so screwed if that happens. Mm. And of course, a week later it did. Um, So I've also been falling back on the screen time. My son is the one that would watch the television for 24 hours a day and never get sick of it. So that's very concerning. Um, I have this week brought in a babysitter a few days a week to play with him. Um, so it, it's, I would choose any other time of my life for this to happen. Mm. Um, it's really the most challenging. I'm lucky the baby is, is a joy. She's wonderful. Uh, she sleeps long stretches at night, so I can't take any credit for that, but, um, that's yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's really tough. But the one good thing is that because everybody's in the same situation across the country, everyone that I'm talking to, nobody has a problem hearing my son in the background. You know, if he runs up to me and starts to talk to me, everybody's very understanding. And in fact, they think it's very endearing. So that's the one ray of sunshine in this whole situation is that we're all in the same boat and people understand and everybody likes kids, you know, um, they're, I, I, I agree. They're joy. Blair. I agree, Blair. This is Christine. And I, I feel the same way. I mean, I feel like when I'm on a Zoom, my, people are actually enjoying seeing, you know, seeing your family or hearing your family. So that is one, you know, I guess that is one really good positive thing is that we're human and people are seeing that we're human. Um, so yeah, that, that's good. I think that that's definitely true. I, I do a lot of media and I've been having to do a lot of my media appearances via webcam, Skype business and the like. I think for me, my biggest concern is because this is a new job for me and a lot of these media appearances are newer and I'm trying to build relationships. I think you're right that if my son came in in the middle of an interview, it would be cute for like a second, but I only have five minutes and would they rebook me uh, again in this situation? So I have to be really careful because part of the reason I was hired 
for this job was because I could do media. So I, I think generally speaking on a normal Zoom call, most people find it endearing. I get really, really stressed out when I have to do a media appearance and my son's in the house. My husband has become incredibly good at finding a reason for them to get out of the house if I have a media appearance. And he's been taking my son on road trips for either a nap or to go see a family member uh, more recently so that he doesn't interrupt my, whether it be this podcast or, or any media appearances I have. So that's been really great. He's been really helpful from that respect, but it can't go on like this forever. I, I'm so jealous about having a babysitter. We are not permitted to have that yet here in Illinois, but I have one set up because summer camps got canceled, which I'm devastated about. And now they're talking about no school for the rest of 2020. And I think I, my head's gonna explode. And it's not just because it's stressful for me to have to juggle motherhood and my job and be stuck in the house, but I'm really sad for my son because he's super social and active. And this is not good for his development. I can already see him sliding back. Yeah. I have some mom friends who have kids with disabilities, learning disabilities that are going to have to stay back a year because even though they still have their tutoring and they're still paying full price for these tutors, kids with learning disabilities are just not able to make the same progress they can on a Zoom call that they can in an in-person meeting with the teachers. It's just not possible. And I feel bad for these kids because unfortunately, they're having to do things that are largely unnatural, not great for their development. And it's not necessarily because they are higher risk of anything. Yeah. I mean, I've been seeing that with my son. I, uh, my son's four and he's going to be in kindergarten next year in the fall. It's hard to keep him engaged with the Zoom calls that the pre-K does. You know, they do, you know, two to three Zoom calls a, a day and he just doesn't, he just wants to sit on the couch and watch TV and he wants to skip most of them. And, you know, I, I, I just don't have time to do all the activities that they send over and, you know, I, I wish I had more, more bandwidth to do all that and keep him going and to have him writing his letters constantly and to keep up with that. And for me, I've just seen it take a toll on him emotionally. He's very social. He's a very social boy as well. And he misses all his friends and he, school was just such a good thing for him. He would, you know, was so excited to get on the bus every day and he would get dressed immediately when he got up. And now it's just, he, he's just sort of depressed, you know, and just, um, you know, waking up in the middle of the night uh, more. And, um, you know, I see that's taking a toll on him overall. So I feel that as well. What about school? I know, you know, some of you have kids in school. How has it been being, keeping them on track and sort of being the teacher in the house, you know, Christine, maybe start with you. Cause I know you, your kids are of, of course in school. Yeah. So um, one of my daughters is high school age and, you know, just in general, I think once the kids get to high school age, um, the teachers are more like hands off and I kind of expect these kids to, you know, to have it together and, and do their work and be responsible and be structured and follow their, you know, schedules and agendas and things like that. And so 
um, you know, coming home and moving to remote learning has been, it's been interesting. Um, it's been challenging. I think that, um, you know, certainly I listened to my daughter and some of her friends are just totally checked out and they're not, they're just doing like enough to get by. And, and there's been rumors that there'll be like a pass fail grade instead of a GPA grade. And so I think, you know, the high school kids are, um, it's tough. They're stressed. They're worried about what's, what is this going to mean for them if they just, you know, want to get into a certain college and what's it going to look like and how, you know, how is it going to affect them? So they're worried. Um, she's doing the best she can do. She's trying to, trying to get through her work and trying to ask for help when, you know, when she needs it, but that that's definitely a struggle. My younger one is middle school still. And, um, you mentioned special needs. She's dyslexic. So incredibly challenging to, you know, be on the computer all day long and trying to read all of your assignments. Mm. Um, typically in school, she has a, a support person who is doing a lot of the reading for her. So she, you know, can comprehend and then get through the schoolwork, but, um, and it's just been incredibly challenging. So she's doing a lot of, uh, different types of programs that read to her, um, she's getting on a bunch of Zoom meetings with her case manager who is actually reading through her assignments with her. So I feel like for her, she's almost got to double up on the work because anytime her teacher uh, or teachers assign things, she's got to go through it once with them and then she's got to go through it again with the um, with the case manager. So she's hitting a wall right now. She's the first you know month or two, she was getting it done and getting by and but I can see her fading out. She's burnt out. She's sick of it. She's hitting the wall. She's frustrated. Her case manager called me yesterday and said, this is the first time he's ever seen, you know, seen this in her and he totally gets it. Uh, so I, you know, and I said, what's this going to mean for next year? You know, in our school system doesn't hold kids back. Mm. So that's not an option unless you want to pull your kid out and put him, you know, put him in a, a different school system. So, you know, we're talking about what does it mean? Like what happens when they go back and these kids are behind the standards and, you know, is it going to be on a level playing field? Because is everybody behind or are some kids thriving in this environment? So it's a worry. It's a worry. Yeah. And I know, Christine, something that you said that really helped you at the beginning was to have a routine uh, for for yeah. your girls. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I have been struggling with that myself and in having a routine and that's not, I think that's really important. Yeah. I mean, when this all first started, I'm a pretty structured person. I've owned a business for 25 years. Um, you know, if I didn't have a routine and a structure, I don't think I would be where I am today. So when this all first started, we sat down um, to my husband's chagrin, I guess, and uh, sat down and kind of just created the schedule. What time are people going to be up in the morning and, and um, what time is their school schedule? And, you know, they have to do chores and they have to do, um, both of my girls are competitive athletes, so they have to have a workout every day. Um, so they wrote their own schedules and I said, we're going to stick to it. And we pretty much have stuck to it. You know, I'm up, I'm showered, I'm at my desk, I'm working, my kids are up, they're, they're eating breakfast, they're at their desks, they're working, they, you know, they take breaks at when they need them, but they're pretty structured throughout their times. And we're doing the best we can to stick to it. Occasionally we'll let it, you know, occasionally like this week I saw my younger daughter just, you know, again, hitting the walls. So we've kind of let 
given her a break a little bit. We gave a, gave her a day off and just said, take a day off, go outside. It's beautiful. So we're trying, you know, we're trying, but I do think sticking to the structure and the schedule has been, has been a good thing for us. I have a question. So we tried the structure thing with my son early on and at first it worked fine. I'm sure this is more of a younger kid thing. Yeah. I was just uh, going to say that. <laughs> he was actually quite engaged with his pre-recorded morning meetings. It made me sad actually, because he got so excited to see his teacher and to sing the songs. Uh, and he loves his zoom snack times, which is the only time he really gets to see his friends. Um, but doing originally I would get up with him I would get up with him at 6.30 and we would do his morning meeting, which is pre-recorded. Uh, and then I would try to do like letters and numbers with him. But with a kid his age, I am not the kind of person that would ever be mistaken for a kindergarten teacher. Uh, so I have no way to engage him in that activity. Uh, and sitting him down and going, just write your letters is just not how they do it in, in kindergarten. Uh, they they engage them. They make it fun. Everybody's involved. And I just don't have that in me. So we got really bored of that fast. So we started having a little bit more of, all right, we won't do that. We'll try music. So we did that. That worked for a while. And now it's kind of gotten to the point where now it's more like eight o'clock that we do his morning meeting. And then he does his Zoom snack time. And then I can hand him the screen. Uh, which is awful, but it's how I get work done. Most of my work is in the beginning of the day. One of the things I'm really curious, and Blair and Diana, you probably could answer this better because um, I think teens have their own set of issues, but are you having issues with your little ones no longer listening or behaving and, and feeling like they figured out you have no power to ground them in any way because it's not like they're going anywhere anyways? And right. if I took away my son's screen, that actually hurts me more than it hurts him. And so I find that around, I call it the witching hour, which is around four, he becomes unbearable. He just won't listen, climbing the walls, a complete train wreck. And there's nothing we can do. So Shana, is it, are you finding that it's because he wants, he wants your time and attention at that time? Or are you finding that he's just like burnt out or done or? I think it's probably a little of both. I think he, if I even, one of our big things now is I end the day and I bought a Sega Genesis off um, Poshmark for like 20 bucks. So we play Sonic the Hedgehog, which I played when I was younger. So I'm totally into it. But he gets bored in about 10 minutes. And then he's like running into my husband's office, hitting him with stuff, jumping off the walls, jumping on the furniture. I need a snack. I want to do this. Not listening, um, tripping over the cords, the game console and unplugging it. I think it's a little bit of, he wants my attention, but I think there's a lot of pent up energy that's not being able to get expressed and a lot of socialization that he's just missing out on. And so he's tired and burnt out, but he also has like a ridiculous amount of energy at the end of the day. And he's just pushing me and pushing my husband. And I, I've sort of not been able to figure out exactly how to handle that. So I'm curious if um, Diana and Blair, if, if you've dealt with that at all. Yeah, I'm having very similar issues, Shana. My three-year-old uh, has a lot of energy and there's no such thing as distance daycare. Like we get this 
8 a.m. email every day and there's these activities and the activities require things that I don't have. I have since ordered from Amazon food coloring, Elmer's glue, construction paper, scissor. Well, he got scissors for Christmas, but all of these things. And today those are all in my those are all in my Amazon cart right now. Yeah. Does anyone does anyone have a little mini trampoline in the house? I did. Uh, We got rid of it. (laughs) because my son got so big that he started knocking it over and we were afraid he was going to hurt himself. No, but that's a good idea. I noticed my coworker, Michael Batnick has one for his kid. Uh, we do have a, um, a balance bike and he can go a couple of blocks around the neighborhood on it. You just don't want to go too far because if he goes on strike and makes you carry it back, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've also had the same experience, Shana, with my four-year-old. He's not listening. Uh, like I said, he's waking up in the middle of the night Uh, more. And I think it's because, you know, he used to have a very set structure that he liked where he went to school, he played, they did swimming, they did nature, they did crafts, you know, he took the bus home. Um, He had a routine of his own and now it's been disrupted. And I think it's, you know, it's just, just like it's having an emotional effect on us. It's having an emotional um, and mental impact on our kids. And, you know, I, I spoke to sort of a family therapist at the beginning of this, and he said empathy was the biggest thing to help and routine and routine was also a a thing that would help. It's hard to love them during this time. It really is. But that, that was the biggest thing is that even if they're acting out, empathizing with them and what they're going through, uh, can help. I definitely try. I have noticed my my son expresses his emotions through his animals. Hmm. There have been several occasions where he has spent the whole day telling us he's going to do a concert at night, set up all his animals, and then it becomes concert time. And he says, we're not going to do the concert because all his animals are sick. And we can't have the concert till everybody's better. And we've gone through this routine a couple times. We've had a couple of breakdowns where he thinks he's stuck. He's never going to see his friends again. It's really hmm. hard to explain him. And I'm actually really worried about what school is going to be like for him. One of the reasons we chose the school we sent him to um, is because he is an active kid and we really wanted to make sure he was in a place that allowed him to be active. So we chose this particular school because they, they have PE every morning and they have two recesses minimum every day. And each one of those is at least 45 minutes. And then he goes to after school care, which is also very active. And I'm concerned that when he does go back to school with this whole social distancing, kids have to wear a mask six feet away at five, six years old, if, you know, three, four years old, 99% of your learning is social. It's interacting. It's hugging, it's wrestling, it's climbing, it's running around and being active. And how do you do that? Can you do that in this environment? And how is that going to impact him long term? I don't think that's possible. But yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, I want to bring this back a little bit to, you know, the challenges that you ladies have in, uh, in the business and and doing uh, dealing with kids, your kids as well. I know that, you know, it's not, emotions are heightened during this time. Uh, right. And, um, so how do you sort of go from being with your kids 
where the, their, the emotions are heightened there to working with your clients and then back again, you know, because clients are, things are heightened there too with, with the markets and the, the issues that you're dealing with, with your clients. So how do you sort of shift emotions? Um, you know, Blair, maybe we can start with you. What, what are you, how are you sort of going back and forth? Yeah. So March was really tough because the market was selling off dramatically and that put a whole additional pressure point on the fact that I had a newborn baby and daycare closed on March 13th. So that was a really rough two weeks for me. I was, you know, trying to make sure that I got every client on the phone multiple times during that time. I'm a yogi. I normally practice yoga four to six mornings a week. And I haven't been able to do that. I've been letting myself sleep in. That's like the one thing I'm doing for my health, but I have to sacrifice my yoga practice, which is just really killing me, but there will be a time for that. Hmm. Um, But luckily, you know, being an advisor is having a relationship with an individual or a family. And when you have a real relationship, a trust-based relationship, actually talking to clients is therapeutic for me. It's a release. It's a time away from the stress that's going on at home. It's a time to focus on somebody else's problems. And so I go into that uh, conversation and I feel better when I, when I finish talking to clients. So it's been very, it's been very nice to, to get that time, but then it gets interrupted by a three-year-old, but the clients think it's adorable when the three-year-old starts (laughs) tugging on me and uh, asking me to play with his toys. Yeah, that's great that there's some some empathy there. Um, I mean, I can say for me, I am, uh, I, I have unfortunately taken it out on my coworkers, you know, more than once during this time, they can probably attest to that. And, um, so I, I need to do a better job of checking my emotions or making that transition. Um, Christine, I know this is something you brought up as well. You sort of that going back and forth, yeah, I was, um, I was, I would say failing miserably at this. I was, you know, trying to be like, I guess just calm and positive and just having lots of conversations with my clients all day long. And then like, I was so burnt out by the end of the day or the end of the night or whatever the day ended. And so I was finding myself snapping at my kids, snapping at my husband. Um, And my kids were like, mom, you're freaking out, like relax. (laughs) 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 And, um, and then I was like, God, they're right. Like I'm freaking out. I need to relax. So last week, um, last week on my team call with my entire staff, I just told the team this, I told, I said, guys, I've been, my kid, as my kids put it, freaking out, you know, I have been stressed and I try to be on all day and I try to like be really supportive and positive for everyone, but I'm just telling everyone that I'm cranky and I'm not in a good mood and, you know, I'm just telling everybody now, I'm giving everyone the heads up. I said, but I think it's really important for all of us to pause and recognize this because you know, it's always a joke in our firm that I'm always the balanced, you know, I'm always the balanced person and um, the least emotional person in the office. And, and I said, if I'm feeling like this, everyone's got to be feeling like this. So we just have to take a pause and recognize it. And so I talked about it with my team. And then I talked about it with my girls. And I said, 
you know what, you got to take a day off. Like people, everybody needs to take a day off. And I know a day off doesn't seem like it's going to be any fun because you can't do anything, but sometimes you just have to unplug and shut it down. And so, like I said, we did that this week. We took a day off and I went to the nursery and bought some flowers and planted them outside or, you know, put a patio pot together and just took a day off. And I'll tell you, it probably was one of the best things that I did. It just made me pause for a minute and say, okay, like a lot of people are counting on you and you need to like chill out a little bit. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not saying it's going to work every day or every week and it's perfect, but just taking a pause, I think can help. Yeah, for sure. I need Um, to take a day off. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) For me, I've been super fortunate in that, or I guess my husband's disfortune, which is awful to say, has been helpful for me. I was laid off by my previous employer on March 23rd, which is the two days after they started the shelter in place here in Chicago. So I missed the sell-off in the market. Um, I started my new uh, job as chief investment officer at Spotlight Asset Group on April 3rd. And so I've spent a lot of my time trying to build relationships with my new colleagues, which has its difficulties trying to do that without ever having met them. Um, But that has gone well thus far. I've been well-received and most of what I've been focusing on is how, uh, learning and understanding the models that the firm currently manages. And I've done a webinar, I've been writing commentaries, which is something that hadn't been done before. So I haven't had to deal with having to interact directly with the end clients per se. Uh, I definitely have had my challenges in being able to maintain an even keel, especially when my son's around and my husband's business is impacted by this lockdown. He runs a charity and he can't fundraise and he can't help the kids uh, that he would normally be able to help because of the epidemic. Uh, He runs a pediatric cancer foundation and he normally goes into the hospitals and provides gifts and grants to families for their kids to go to treatment. But believe it or not, cancer treatments are not considered life saving. So they're considered non-essential. And hmm. so they aren't even able to, to, to get the, the treatments that they normally would. So he has a little bit of extra time on his hands. He is very stressed out. He's definitely still trying to run things, but he's been taking my son on road trips. His family's in Iowa. It's not that far away. Uh, they've done a couple places where they've just gone to a hotel that has an open pool and very low occupancy so that they can swim and play and enjoy spending time together. I feel bad that I'm missing out on that, but I think it's necessary for both of them to stay mentally okay. And it's also necessary for me, for my mental Get, stability. Getting out of your hair, yeah. To be able to focus on getting up and running in this new position. Uh, and so there's a mutual benefit there, but in many ways I feel like I'm missing out um, and I'm having to choose. I've also had horrible allergies since this thing started. And I have a cough that I cannot shake for the life of me, which really limits my ability to go and join them in these things anyways, because I, I don't pass any health screenings and people stare and gawk at me because I have this horrible cough. And that hurts, and that makes me sad. 
but it does allow me to do my job a little bit better. And so there's that silver lining there. Yeah, well, it's it's important uh, to take care of ourselves as well during this time, right? And, you know, otherwise we can't take good care of our, our kids, uh, our clients and our coworkers. Um, how are you all staying sane and, you know, taking care of yourselves? Um, Blair, uh, what are you doing? Well, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, I am sleeping in till whenever. Mm. Usually it's when my son gets up because he'll be the first one up. Yeah. Um, and I'm drinking wine at <laughs> night. We have gone a couple of times to visit my parents. I wish I had been tested before I did it, but um, took a risk and saw them. They live on a lake and so they have a boat. And so that was really nice to get out and just be away from the city and, and do something that felt a little more normal. But yeah, the one thing that I wish I had was my yoga practice back. But the teacher in my lineage calls parenting, there's six series in my yoga practice and parenting is the seventh series. And mm. if the series get harder and six is really hard, then seven is even harder than the hardest series. So this is good yoga. Being a parent is what he would say. Hmm. That's, That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Christine, what are you doing to stay sane? I know you talked a little bit about it but, you know, taking a day off it. Yeah. And I'm making sure that, um, I mentioned that my girls are athletes, so we're pretty active. Um, we've been taking little hikes and bike rides and, you know, long walks. Um, I also have a trainer that is zooming with me three days a week. So we're just doing like a 45 minute, you know, workout three days a week just to get that done. And, uh, you know what? I'm scheduling it. I'm scheduling the time. I'm scheduling that time because if you don't, it will just fill up with stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm scheduling it. I'm making sure it happens when, when my girls, you know, when I talked about a schedule and a structure, they're scheduling their time, their workouts, we're, I'm scheduling mine. So for me, I wish I could work out like Blair. I am a huge, I love yoga. And that is something that I really enjoy doing. And I used to be able to work out with my trainer one-on-one, um, -on -one, but can't do that right now. Because of this cough, I haven't been able to be active because the second I start getting my heart rate up, uh, I start coughing. But I have been meditating a lot. Um, and I, I have found the Breathe app on my iPhone has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's one particular guy, Glenn Harold, who has a very soothing voice to me. So I listen to all his meditations and I've started coloring and hmm. I realize that seems kind of strange, but I find it really lethargic. No, I, I think that that's my son. I think that's a common, uh, you know, stress reliever, the, the coloring. I've heard that. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Um, some of the things I'm doing, um, I guess I am taking more time off. But I guess I'm also just trying to not worry so much about cleaning the house and cooking and, you know, doing like that kind of stuff. I mean, nobody's coming over anyways, you know, just sort of letting some of that stuff go and not worry about, you know, spills and messes too much. I can get pretty crazy about that kind of stuff. So sort of letting that stuff go and also just trying to enjoy the, this time that I have with my kids really getting to know them a lot better than I did uh, because I'm with them every day now and just 
trying to, you know, in, enjoy this, this time in their life cycle and appreciate the time that I have with them at home. So one fun question I wanted to ask you ladies, uh, who has, who has had to wipe their child's bottom while on a conference call? Anyone? Definitely me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, my son, um, for whatever reason, cannot seem to figure that out. And I can't tell you how many times he has come into the bedroom, which is where my office is set up. And been like, mommy, wipe my bum. Um, and then I'll walk into his bathroom and I'll be on the call. I'll have put myself on mute, of course. And there's like poop everywhere on the walls, on the floor. And I am beside myself. So I'm sitting here trying to have a very smart intellectual conversation about what's going on in the markets and how we should be building our portfolios and risk budgeting and blah, blah, blah. All at the same time, like cleaning poop up off the walls. So that's fun. Yeah, I've been there. I, I've had to do it during in the middle of conference calls. And also um, just to make it really real for you ladies. Last night, um, my daughter was in the bath and she went poop in the bath. <laughs> my son has only done that a couple of times. And every time he does, it's the most horrible thing in the world. Because you got to take him out. You got to bleach <laughs> the bath. But then yes. you got to wash them again. Yes. Um, yeah. And, oh, and then it will start like breaking up in the water. So oh, you can't yeah. like get it all. And it, oh, yeah, it's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. Well, and your kid still <laughs> wants to be in the bath and you're like, no, get out. You have poop all over you now and you have to pick them up. And yeah, it's just never fun. Christine, I'm glad those Christine's days glad are over, tired. right? I'm yeah. glad those days are over. <laughs> there are other challenges, bigger kids, bigger problems. <laughs> My son has started peeing in the trash basket next to the toilet. And my husband will walk by and be like, why does it smell like pee? Oh, and it no. took us a long time to figure out that that was what was happening. Um, but yeah, that was a fun discovery. And we still can't figure out why it's literally six inches from the toilet. Well, at least it's something we can all laugh about. Um, well, we're just about out of, out of time. I loved this conversation. I know it's a hard time right now for you ladies. Um, just keep up the good work. Hopefully we can all find support in each other talking about what we're going through and that we're not, we're not alone, right? And hopefully those that are listening know they're not alone either in these tough times. But I'd like to thank my guests, Shana, Christine, and Blair. Ladies, thank you so much for being candid and talking about this issue with me. Thank, Thank you. you. Stay Thank strong, you. ladies. Thank you, Diana. Enjoyed the conversation. It was definitely fun. Yeah. And if you have a struggle yourself and you'd wish to share your experiences and help others in similar situations, please feel free to reach out to me at transparencywithdianab at gmail.com. I'd like to thank you for listening to Transparency with Diana B. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This is Diana Britton reminding you that where there is healing, there is hope. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Transparency with Diana B podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of wealthmanagement.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice. Always seek the advice of your healthcare provider with any questions you have regarding your particular situation.